2: Just a little pre-show disclaimer that uh, at the start, much like the first episode, uh, there's a different name that we say, which is the Totally Not Addicted to Drugs podcast, which is no longer the name because it's quite long. So we've changed it. This is the Probably Honest podcast that you've clicked on. Don't freak out. Don't run off. This is us. Just, uh, yeah, don't get confused when the episode starts and you're like, ah, this isn't what I signed up for. Anyway, enjoy the show, share about with anyone that you feel might benefit from types of topics that we talk about and they might connect with the topics that we're talking about. Anyways, without further ado, this is episode two. Thanks for listening. Yes. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the totally not addicted to drugs podcast with myself Dan and
0: me Mark. Is that that's the official title now we just we're just going with
2: it. Official title. Um what we could do if if we change. Mm. I can do this crazy thing. Yeah. Where we go back and really badly dub over. <laughs> okay. Whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. If we come up with like a new podcast name, okay. I'll just go back in time, dub over everything, and people will be like, "Wow, that was seamless." <laughs> I don't know.
0: Cool. No, I'm happy with that.
2: <laughs> Firstly, because we we've only briefly covered it just a second ago. How are you doing
0: today, Daniel? Uh, I am mostly good, um, uh, if a little bit unproductive.
2: A little bit unproductive. A little
0: bit unproductive. How are you? Uh
2: Today, Mark. I was mm. going to say Marcus, but that's not your name.
0: You know mm. that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Yeah. It's, it's been a, a busy day, mm. but busy in my head and not... Uh, busy, like, actually, activity-wise, but mainly busy in my head, thinking, wow, I'm so busy. Mm. <laughs> You know, like, the what, of busyness, what yeah. actually happened in, in in compared to what I wanted to achieve are two mm. differing things. Yeah. Woke up uh, with my girlfriend, who I'm calling my girlfriend now. Well done. I know, big <laughs> steps. We took it a little bit like slow and, and lazy and then went, and this is all whilst intermittent fasting. I'm going to promote the fact that I'm a part-time nutrition geek. Well done. So not the topic of this podcast, but not right. the topic of this podcast. Went to get a coffee, feeling stressed because I was like, this is now lovely, but there are things I want to get on with. Went to the gym, mm. smashed it at the gym, wearing the wrong t-shirt because mm. I noticed that everyone at the gym wears black t-shirts so that they don't look like sweaty messes. And right. I was wearing the wrong t-shirt and looked like atrocious
0: so that's that's an informal wrong t-shirt because there's no formal dress code at the gym there's no
2: formal dress code okay. but people were looking at me no they weren't no one was looking at you no one cares about you at the gym
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> me so self-obsessed no because of shit about you at the gym
2: okay fair enough
0: but <laughs> like you've read you've worn a black t-shirt now to make up for it
2: yeah yeah i'm wearing a black t-shirt now to make up for it so that when i go to the gym again mm. I can just <laughs> shout to people saying, "I did. I I was wearing a black T-shirt yesterday." Yeah, and they'd um, be like,
0: "Shut up! No one. No one
2: cared what you were wearing like, yesterday." Get out here! Yeah, they'll be like, go away. Um, did that? Got back, and then started to. I'm, I'm trying to get a job at the moment, and they want me to do some things, and uh, that's quite exciting. Who's but they? That it's a PR company, mm. music PR company. Yeah. They did a first interview process. Mm. I thought I did atrociously, mm. as you would. And then uh, they send me another little wave of uh, the next process of that kind of interview stage is to do mm. some tasks for them. So I was like stressing out because I was like, I need to do this. And I wanted to come, you know, obviously to do the podcast. And there's also a bunch of uni stuff on the go. Mm. So within an hour of the day starting, plus a whole situation that I don't need to go into, mm. With an hour of the day starting, I was like, oh my God, mm. this is stressful.
0: Yeah. So um, I think that was stressful because you were intermittent fasting.
2: Do you, assume- you drink coffee when you intermittent fast? Yeah. That's probably it then, mate. I you had work- one coffee. Mm. Then I went and the gym actually helped. It's mm. surprising how much energy you have before mm. breaking a fast. Yeah. And then... I felt a little bit better and then ate loads of food and got really tired. Yeah. It's hard to find a balance.
0: It is, yeah. That's always been my experience of fasting. Um, or as I sometimes like to call it, starving myself. That's, always that's always, not healthy. That's always my
1: experience
0: <laughs> is uh, boundless energy whilst I'm fasting. Yeah. And then uh, a crash after I eat. But also my anxiety levels will rise if I don't eat and drink coffee first thing in the morning. I find it more difficult to focus and I find it more stressful, well, which is why I was asking
2: the one thing that we this isn't going to be the focus of the podcast but it is interesting to talk about the one thing that i did differently this morning which was unintentional with my girlfriend this is supposed to be sexy <laughs> no we we usually Except drink a slow and lazy morning i hope you didn't have slow and lazy sex
0: <laughs> and i hope she's listening to this
2: we're going to we're going to steer away from that topic but we, we usually have a coffee first thing when we wake up nice. and instead we waited like two, three hours. Nice, because of the slow and lazy and, sex. No. <laughs> she got a headache.
0: Of course she did, yeah.
2: And I just felt miserable oh, until okay. we both had our coffees Okay, and we were friends again. Okay. That's really, de- that's that's addiction. That is addiction right there, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: um, basically one step away from smack, isn't it? You are both clucking. Yeah. Suddenly
2: had a coffee and everything's fine again. Yeah. We went to Faro Bakery. Have you been there? Nope. Amazing. Mm. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so now we're here. Mm. But it's just crazy how much stress created within my own head. Mm. I had dominated my meditation today, mm. my thinking, my the way I was communicating with people. Mm. Pretty much every conversation I had with someone today was, I'm feeling stressed because of this. And they're mm. like, that's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, ah, but it is in my head. Um and then called you up and did some tapping. Oh, you love it. you love a bit of tapping, and uh, felt better again.
1: Mm.
0: So. Do I? I heard something. Uh, I heard a really good thing in a meeting that I do on a Saturday evening yeah. online. That that uh, to, so I do a meeting that's based in Hollywood um, on a Saturday night, which I love because this man, the Yanks, are just so keen on recovery. They love remotely it. though, remotely. Yeah, yeah. I don't go to Hollywood every Saturday night physically. I go there
2: when you're. Even more successful in your career mm. that can be a possibility
0: i want to go i want to go i've told them i 'm going to go and um as soon as I have the ability to book flights, I will go and visit them because cool. i'd love to go um, but yeah one of the one of the women in the meeting was talking about um uh that thing of I feel really stressed in my head and and she uh, her, her husband is a therapist and he suggested to her one of her things is she always says is i'm really really tired and um rather than like she says into her head all the time kind of unconsciously she says i'm really really tired and he suggested that rather than say i'm tired in her head or just have that thing repeating on her head just say maybe i need to go to bed or maybe i need to do some exercise or maybe I need to do 10 minutes of meditation rather than thinking I'm tired over and over again. And that is a consequence of it's a consequently it's affecting my day. Think about what can you do to, yeah, well not even think about what because you just say, just actually actively say, maybe I need to go to sleep. Maybe I need to do this, Ah. which I thought was really, it was like, it was one of those magical things, little things you hear in a meeting where it's such a small thing. It was like a throwaway comment. It wasn't like a big part of a share share was about something else. But I heard it and I was like, oh, fuck, that's really clever. Mm. Um, and it's only a small, it's just like a small adjustment to the way you think.
2: Well, it is something about, when you talk about positive affirmations, which, uh, positive affirmations, praying, which we will talk about in a bit, um, and the way you communicate with yourself and other people
1: mm.
2: creates more of a, seemingly real world out loud basically because yeah. if i say if someone says how's your day and i said it was miserable this went wrong that went wrong that person annoyed me blah 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 but when i when i ask someone how they're doing and they say it was a bit of a difficult day but it's uh, it's good to be home mm. i'm gonna relax and then they're like they're kind of in the moment with what they're doing to chill out the two contrasts in that kind of way to where am I going with this? The way to express that out loud mm. immediately changes the tone of that person or me or whatever. So that's I'm gonna I'm gonna try and practice that.
0: Yeah. i have tried to practice it this week. It is very useful.
1: Mm. It's
2: difficult though because I think that that the
0: thing you know when people talk about the voice in their head. Yeah. Or like the voice like that kind of the voices they have in their head you don't really notice it like it's just running all the time isn't it that kind of that thing that tells you what to do and where to go no one really well when I when I meditate I can kind of look at it but it still sounds like me it's not something that I kind of can disassociate from yet which I guess is kind of the goal of meditation is to disassociate from that voice in your head and just see it as a pattern of thinking rather than who I am intrinsically but I think it's difficult because you never kind of take a step back as a third person and look at what that voice is saying and what it's doing on a regular basis, because such a an ingrained part of who you think you are.
2: Well, that's like the object of um, well, one of the main objects of like meditation, isn't it? Mm. Is to label thinking as mm. thinking rather than, you know, I could be sitting there five minutes or so,
1: mm.
2: and my brain's going, you know. I wonder how this person's doing. I shouldn't have said that the other day. Oh, I'm, you know, mm. blah blah blah, and all these random little n- mm. things might pop up. And as soon as I go, I'm just thinking, mm. this is the thought. It really it it deflates. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is helpful. I think the the
0: I think the deeper level that we're all trying to get to, though, is to see that the self that we have, the identity we have, is just a thought we like having over and over again. Like you're, who you think you are is just a thought you have over and over again that you
2: have had so many times you just assume it's you. And you assume it's correct. Yeah. Um, there's so, so many occasions when recently, you know, living, living in lockdown with people, I will say to my housemates, ah, oh, like, I feel like I've just been a real negative grump around everyone, like bitching and moaning, taking out on everyone and stuff like that. Mm. In my head, I've been like this monster to live with and everyone's like, no, you've been fine. We haven't really noticed anything. Yeah. And it's all just that dialogue internally Yeah, saying, maybe because the, the dialogue in the head is so like vicious sometimes that it can really paint the reality around you. But then when you yeah. say it out loud...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's exactly
2: what you said. Basically, um, there is a, a really good quote
0: that I, I like from a book on Zen Buddhism um, by an author that I like, and I've read a few of his books. and He says that we we spend um, the majority of our kind of time, our mental energy is spent justifying ourselves to ourselves, so basically justifying the existence of this self that we think we have in our heads or we think we are to ourselves. And everything externally that kind of comes into us is more data or evidence, either supporting or not supporting that self that we think we are in our heads, which I think is really interesting because you do spend a lot of mental energy just like kind of interpreting things as you think your self would interpret them rather than actually take them at face value. Hmm. We've been talking a lot and we haven't actually introduced what the...
2: thing of this podcast is you want to introduce what it is right so um yes re-welcoming everyone to the podcast um for the for the second episode the the topic that we wanted to go down if you have listened to the first one uh thank you it was very rambly this will be rambly too but in a more directed manner uh hopefully it we want to talk about spirituality and god but if you, yes, listen to the first episode, you'll realize that we don't mean God as in what most people would believe to be that the meaning of that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we thought... I do you not.
0: Know, I could be a fund- fundamentalist Christian for what you know. Are you? Nope.
2: <laughs> but you don't know that. I'd, I would know that. <laughs>
0: I probably would have mentioned it at some point. Yeah, it would have been like in the middle of a phone call. you would been like, "By the way,
2: I'm a fundamentalist Christian." Okay, Mark. To baptize you by now. (laughs)
0: Is that what they do right now? (laughs) (laughs) Baptize you all over this flat. So that sounded weird. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded really weird.
2: (laughs) Apologies. Um, Don't listen to him. He's just. uh, No one's getting baptized in the flat. No one's getting baptized today. Today, Um, at least, yeah. So I had two questions in my head and I think they're good ways to really, I mean, if we summarize these two questions in two minutes, then I've failed as (laughs) the world's next best podcaster, Yeah, which is what I've been telling everyone in job interviews. The next best podcaster. First thing thing I say, they're like, hey, why do you want to work with us? I'm like, I'm the next best podcaster. And they're like. That
0: makes it sound like there's another better podcaster somewhere else. If you say I'm the next best podcaster, it's, it's like a bit of humility. In the there. next best podcaster to her, she's she's the best, but I'm the next best, like the next best thing. Yeah, i was just
2: trying to you be need humble. To work
0: on your pitches. What I'm saying. I'm trying to be humble.
2: <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go off on a, another sub tangent there. Okay. Right. So questions are, first one, which we can talk about, Mm -hmm. is what uh, what does the the term spirituality mean to you on a personal level? Mm. Go. Go.
0: What does the term spirituality mean to me on a personal level? (sighs) It's a hard question, man.
2: Or what's your journey out or concept of coming to follow a spiritual path somehow. Okay. Two ways of asking. Okay. I mean,
0: I felt like while I was using, I felt like I was on some form of spiritual path, but not in the sense of I was taking drugs to find a spiritual path. They always felt like a hindrance to my, because I, I, I started, um, I started doing zen med- seated zen meditation when I was 18 years old and I and I continued to do it for a very long time um, and I still do it um so uh, and I thought that would cure me of all my ills I thought like doing meditation would would stop me from using drugs stop me from being bulimic stop me from uh feeling inadequate and all that kind of stuff um and it, it didn't stop those things, but it, well, I guess it did stop a lot of the stuff. I think the reason I got into recovery when I did was because I had a grounding in meditation practice. Um, you know, I'd, I'd done meditation retreats in my more lucid periods and stuff. So that, that was kind of a, but I feel like Zen is a very realistic and practical philosophy rather than an actual spirituality or religion i mean it would probably be classed as a religion but i think it's a very practical philosophy and it's based uh, ex- almost exclusively on the practice of seated zen meditation and you can study zen buddhism but there's but they say its point of studying it unless you're actually practicing meditation you won't you, you're not going to get anything from the study it's the practice that is the thing. And I quite liked that when I, when I first got into it. I was like, I like that there is a practical application because all the other religions or things I'd kind of studied when I was a teenager that I wanted to get into, to, you seem to have to do a lot of mental gymnastics in order to kind of, like like Christianity in particular, like there's a lot of kind of things you have to do in your head to make it work. And then you have to hold those things in your head which I always thought was mental. Like I always thought, why do I have to hold this event in my head that happened 2000 years ago? Why is it very important that I have this event in my head at all times and I focus on it and derive my sense of meaning from that particular event? That seems nuts to me. That's just, so I like that it was practical and it was about, it had a practical application and about now and it worked. Like when I started doing Zen meditation, it wasn't like euphoric or amazing or anything like that, but I could see the benefits it had very quickly. And then I just got used to doing it. So I stuck with it. So that was my first conception of spirituality was doing that particular practice. Um, I don't know. Spirituality is such a wanky term spirituality. Cause it makes <laughs> it sound like, I don't know. I don't don't know if I believe in an intrinsic spirit. I don't know if I believe that, but because people in recovery, people talk about being spiritually dead and I kind of identify with that. I remember feeling spiritually dead when I came into recovery. I remember feeling empty and flat like i had nothing in me and then i remember this sense of kind of coming back to myself after i got clean and had a bit of time in recovery where you i would say that i felt spiritually alive again and i had this kind of this life force or this thing in me that had not been present when i was using drugs like that thing had evaporated so i i had that sense of there being something that i was feeding by the fact that i was clean doing meetings uh, working steps, um, and trying to live, trying to have a kind of faith. Um, but I guess spirituality, like my favorite, one of my favorite sayings in recovery that gets bandied, I don't know if it gets bandied around that much anymore, but, um, if it isn't practical, it isn't spiritual. So everything I kind of practice, everything, everything that I believe is spiritual has to have a practical application for me. Like prayer is practical, meditation is practical. Um, studying myself through the twelve steps service. is practical. service is practical, so helping other people is practical so or everything I do in terms of spirituality if it if it doesn't have a practical application to it, I personally don't think it, it I, I think it's think is boring. that
2: why um like forgive me because my actual studies into the history of maybe Buddhism or Hinduism or actual just people that follow spiritual teachers um, is very narrow, but I have listened to some people. And uh, for example, like, uh, um, not to completely like pause your momentum, but you do hear in other circumstances outside of I mean, it seems it must be like a religion thing or something like that, where people follow these kind of the, the four pillars of some of that kind of service, having a contact with a, a power greater than yourself, mm. a meditation. Mm. Um, and like, uh, well, not sponsorship, but mm. having a, a regular contact with other people. Mm. Um, and that, I see that happen in lots of other circumstances and I'm like, oh, 12 steps are nothing unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they are, but they're not because this, but I can't, I'm so naive to it all that Mm. someone could land and say, oh, that's because this religion follows that kind of thing and then they took influence from that or something like that. Mm. Um, But yeah, I meet people all the time that do volunteer work and they're like, Mm. oh, I'm doing it because I'm, this and then my beliefs are to do this yeah and like, yeah, yeah Oh, that's interesting and then i like, why about you how about you and i'm just like what would be a good thing to do i don't want to like open up to a stranger about saying you know yeah i used to you know have a diet of ketamine yeah <laughs> ketamine <laughs> diet um but yeah do you know do you have any like inkling of more knowledge around that around uh, Th- that kind of Similar format. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I think
0: that's 100% true. I think the the 12-step program of recovery, so for the people listening who probably don't have an experience of 12-step recovery, there are, there are these things called the four... There are four suggestions that people in recovery suggest you do in order to stay clean, and it's service... Uh, working the 12 steps formally and some some fellowships do that in writing others don't some like verbalize it like and then they apply them in their life so working the 12 steps then there's attending meetings regularly and then there is sponsorship so helping other people stay clean and also having a sponsor yourself did i say explain what service meant as well
2: Service, yeah, just meaning helping other people, helping other people, or being (laughs) being of service to the community around you. Whether that's in meetings or whether that's in the town by volunteering, Mm. uh, helping an old lady cross the road. Although you can't do that now because you know COVID. Yeah. Um, But every time you food for thought. Every time you don't help a lady walk, walk, an old lady walk across the road. That's being of service by not spreading
0: covid yeah (laughs) there you go (laughs) so so service works in mysterious ways um but yeah definitely i think buddhism has has that as well and um i i think zen it was one of the interesting things that i I clocked when i was um because i'd already kind of read quite a lot of zen literature by the time i'd come into recovery um and one of the things i clocked in the similarities is there's this thing in zen which is called the dharma the sangha and the buddha so Dharma is like a, uh, I, I like, i some, I doubt anyone's listening to this who knows much about it. So I can say whatever I want, but, um, Dharma is translated as lots of different things, but sometimes it's translated like the, the translation I like is the truth. So like there is a truth that Buddhists believe in the truth, the truth, um, which to me is kind of like having a connection to something greater than yourself, believing in that truth. Then they've got the Sangha, which means the group of Buddhists that they practice with. So, Again, like your home group in a in a recovery meeting or something like that, um, and then there's the Buddha, um, which is kind of like the teaching of the Buddha. So that can be like your you know, your basic text that you read. Because in in Narcox Anonymous, where Dan and I both go to, you have there is particular literature that suggested that you read if you if you want to kind of study up on the disease of addiction and and how to kind of have a solution around it. So it has that it has similar formats. And your know, Christianity, which the kind of the twelve step was. 12 steps, not 12 steps were kind of ripped off from, um, you know, they, they have a very strong culture of regularly attending services, uh, having, um, they, they call them like home, like actually having a home group, um, who meet in the week and discuss things in smaller groups. Um, you know, they have a practice of reading their Bibles and do Bible study, which is kind of like the 12 steps in terms of reflection. Discipleship is basically sponsorship. Um, I think every religion has that format um, and I think it works. I think religions have been around for as long as they have because those formats work. Um, You know, even if you don't ascribe to those particular beliefs, those formats do work. Yeah. Um, Which is why it's so effective. I think the kind of what the 12 steps does is kind of almost secularize it to an extent where it breaks it down to its bare bones of these are the spiritual principles that apply in all, cases like honesty willingness open-mindedness surrender acceptance these things kind of they apply to all the religions you come across um so if you want to kind of have some kind of religious or spiritual experience these are the things that you should kind of look at i guess
2: yeah well i guess and you know you meet people that i'm you know i'm not going to dive into the nooks and crannies of different personalities that you meet in the meetings um but there are people that aren't spiritual and they're still clean for 20 30 plus years
0: and they don't uh the gentleman who shared at the meeting we both attended last night is a perfect example of someone who has no belief in a kind of a spiritual higher power yeah has been he's been clean he celebrated 30 years clean this year um and he's one of the people that does the most service that I know of, or used to at least. He used to do the most service that I know of. Still attended three or four meetings when he was, you know, twenty-five, thirty years clean. Mm. Um, so those things still work. You don't have yeah. to have a conception of some kind of all-seeing eye in the sky.
2: Although there is, although there Fac- is factually there is.
0: Nice. Okay. Good. I'm gonna. I want to flip this question back to you because I want to hear what your conception of spirituality
2: is. Uh, okay, so <sighs> before I got clean, um, I um, I had such I don't know I had such a skewed concept of anything really. Uh, I had a, an, an old friend slash dealer slash using buddy who was massively into meditation. And thought, but it was not the way that most people would teach meditation. It was let's take ket, and that'll cheat your way to having some sort of spiritual, you know, moment. So I used to do that, and it was uh, I was like, "Whoa, I'm seeing things." Yeah, yeah. because you're off your face. But I, you know, to be fair, like I would try and practice like and 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 having those moments where it was a bit weird mm. meditating with the sky uh, and it not being that, that's not being like the right way to meditate something kind of stuck around so when i eventually kind of uh came into recovery i had that kind of thought that yeah i can meditate or use what i learned from that method of meditation which was being sat cross legged on the floor imagining that there's like a uh, some sort of like i don't know what you'd say like a pole going straight yeah, through my yeah, body yeah, yeah. drawing me to the ground and i'm looking up to my third eye mm. and i'm imagining that there's an energy running through me mm. uh, and trying to focus on that um and i was like because i was doing it off my head and i was like and it was working i was like oh, smash this i don't yeah, need yeah. I'm, I'm i'm a monk yeah, um, yeah yeah and and my concept of anything spiritual was completely shattered from a young age anyway because i was raised uh you know church of england christian with the family who were kind of half-assed with it like we'd go do christmas things might go to church once every two years to, you know, do carols or something, but we weren't, well, I definitely wasn't a Sunday church going Sunday, uh, Sunday church goer. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you said in the last podcast, like those memories of me praying on the Bible, nothing happening and being like, mm. F this. Like, yeah. So my, so my hesitation to come into a spiritual program and ho- hold hands and, do a serenity prayer I'm like this is this is bollocks and then um
0: what Dan is describing there is that the end of each Narcotics Anonymous meeting we do all hold hands and say a prayer which sounds really weird um but it's actually really nice
2: anyway it's quite nice
0: (laughs) (laughs) not at the moment though because of Covid so we don't hold hands
2: being of service
0: yeah being of service to people and not giving each other Covid
2: yeah um So anyway, when I uh, got into the program and eventually decided to start working the steps properly, and along that journey, I started to feel differently. And when I started to pray to nothing, and my sponsor said, there is, (laughs) come up with your own higher power, Mm. be whoever you want. Mm. I was like a video game. It's like, mm. not quite. Something that you, like a, an, you know, like a, a, a somebody from the past or something that you look up to or just a presence and, you know, that kind of thing. And I tried to come up with a few different angles of it, Um but ultimately it just came down to something that I don't know. I don't, you know, I say God, I don't know what it is I'm, I'm just praying for this something to try and help me out and take my uh take my will away from me that kind of concept was quite confusing at first And i didn't really understand it but ba- basically through me getting clean and working the steps i've started to take more of an interest in this world and starting to engage in those four pillars that we talked about bit by bit and doing little practices like removing my will from decision-making. And I have this clear memory that I say, you know, as a as a go-to for describing handing over my will and putting it into practice.
0: What do you mean by your will, Dan?
2: My will uh, is my my decision making this is how i think of it whether it's wrong or right or whether there's some genius can come along and no, i say, think that's similar to mine but i just yeah. wanted to hear what your conception of it was so this is an example of what me handing over my will would be um well because ultimately my will was at the time of me in early days my will was the one that wanted to you know uh go to the shop every day and drink endless amounts of booze and go and pick up drugs and you know, abandon my friends and be on my own and, and, and do that over and over again and try and scheme for more money. That's what my will wanted to do. Um, my will wanted to basically destroy what my life could be and keep destroying it. So handing it over and saying, I want to put that pedestal, put that on a pedestal for a bit and and and, and not take any responsibility for that. And uh, just see what happens. So the biggest, the biggest example I can think of this, and the most simple example of this, is I just left a meeting when I was living in London, and I was doing uh, ninety meetings in ninety days, which is a recommendation that people get when they first come into recovery, and they say, if you do that, if you go to ninety meetings in ninety days, uh, you will you will get a real grasp of recovery and start, and a shift will happen in you because I tried to do one meeting a week straight off the bat. You know, I do one meeting a week, maybe one every two weeks. And I was like, why am I not getting clean? Why am I not staying clean? All the people with four or five years do that. And it's because they've worked a thorough program and done exactly what the big, the big suggestions are at the beginning of the 90 meetings and 90 days. So when I was doing that, uh, I, I'd been to a meeting and I'd left it and got to a train station and I was working this step. Three, which is about kind of handing over your your um will in your life. your will and your life to a power greater than than me right, and I was looking at this uh <laughs> this train train tracks, and on the bridge I was on this bridge and basically you can either go down left of the train of the bridge and it takes you back it would take me back home or the other platform would take me to another meeting, and I was like, well, this might be a good practice whatever train comes first is my higher power saying this is what you're meant to do next mm. whether i like it or not i'm gonna do it and obviously it was a train that would take me to another meeting mm. uh and went to it and met loads of people i had a great day um so that was like early little examples of that with me just breaking my <laughs> breaking my willpower out of me and starting to do things that i didn't necessarily want to do but maybe for the best of me and believing that sometimes making decisions that, you know, for example, maybe you can't be bothered to go and have a meal with your family, <laughs> but there's something inside that kind of gut instinct maybe, or that just general feeling that says it'll be a good thing to do because it's not always about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Uh, So little things like that and going and doing things because you might not necessarily want to, but you know that it's a good thing to do. That has become a a regular occurrence for me as a result of this journey. And through my last four years, I've started to listen to more teachers outside of recovery uh, and read more books, such as, uh, you know, I've read read two of Eckhart Tolle's books. Yeah. Yeah. like gateway, gateway, uh, mindfulness. Mm. Uh, he's like the weed of, of mindfulness. Of yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. Eckhart
0: Tolle is the weed of mindfulness. Yeah.
2: Shout out to Eckhart Tolle. If you're listening, I know you're a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have,
0: we'll, we'll get him, on. We'll, we'll get him up, on. we'll get him on. Eckhart, we'll get you on. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, our people will talk to your people. We'll get yeah. On.
2: We'll, yeah. Cause we've got a big team. We've got and a big team
0: working here. You can't hear them in the background, but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, on that note, apologies if there's background noise. We've got the windows open because it's boiling. Th- yeah, finally, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so uh, him and I remember you gave me a book, The Courage to Be Disliked. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By
2: two uh, Japanese philosophers that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was very good.
0: I mean, it's it's based on the philosophy of Arthur Adler, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Who's
2: pretty interesting guy he is yeah his uh his brand of psychology is very interesting yeah well the psychology of courage and respect of others yeah and ultimately he believed that if as a community we had more respect for each other and 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 by that it means i call you up and i want to meet up with you and you say i don't want to i will say okay yeah, rather than no, yeah, yeah, do what I want,
0: yeah,
2: um, or yeah, just accepting what, accepting that everyone is on their own individual journeys, mm. and it is not up to me to dictate someone else's journey, and I respect them for having their own, uh, and that's kind of what I got from a lot of those. You know, there's two books: Courage yeah. to Be Disliked and Courage to Be second. Happy. Yeah, which is a lot, yeah. uh, a lot less courage. appealing of a name for people when they see me reading it. They're like. Oh, here we go. And I'm like, I'm smiling because I'm I've got the courage. I've got the courage to be happy. I've got the courage. If
0: only you guys had the courage to be happy,
2: you'd enjoy yeah. this book too. Exactly.
1: Mm.
2: Uh the cheesiest name of a book that I've read is Good Vibes, Good Life. I've got that one somewhere on your recommendation, but I've never read it. It's ve- that's like that's that's um that's like homegrown weed, mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like even lighter mm. than that yeah so uh, but it's just
0: good it's the easiest got- name of a book I've read that i would all i would strongly recommend to anyone um although it's like it's a little bit recovery based but it's low a book called love warrior love warrior love warrior yeah of being a warrior for love um but it's by a woman called Glennon Doyle who is in uh who is in recovery has been in recovery for a very long time yeah um but it's actually about the uh breakdown and then uh, saving of her marriage. What one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. Wow. Really, really beautiful. And like the the it's one of the most honest books I've read in the sense of not like um not like other books are dishonest or anything like that, but uh the the way in which she can articulate her own experience I yeah. think is very, very special. And they like I, I remember reading it and like you and i'm sure you're the same as me being in recovery you almost become desensitized to how honest people can be about their internal experience but like i cried at one i remember towards the end of the book i cried at something i can't remember what it was but it was like it was so beautifully written and so so beautifully articulated how she was feeling internally during this like finding out her husband had cheated on her repeatedly during their marriage and all this kind of stuff Wow, and um and I remember reading, it, thinking, "Fucking hell! How can someone write so like so eloquently about what's happening for them?" But that, but it's a great book. Terrible title though, "Love Warrior." Yeah, "Love Warrior" is an awful title. But
2: you can't judge a book by its cover. You really
0: can't, or its title, apparently.
2: That's what I try to say to people about "Good Vibes, Good Life." I'm like, yeah. I ignore it, yeah. read it. Um, but yeah, but moving on from that, like. Listening to uh, people such as Tara Bruck and Mooji. Uh, Big Mooji. Big Mooji. Big Mooji. Big mooji Shout out to Mooj. <laughs> we'll get him on. We'll get him
0: on. <laughs> we'll get him on. Um,
2: and funny enough, I know controversial, but listening... Uh, I don't think he's a... He's a, He's not... Some might... He's not a teacher, but Russell Brand's podcast, gets. he gets a lot of good people on. I think on.
0: Russell Brand is uh, 100% a teacher. You think so? I, I think he's brilliant. I think his... I think his Take on recovery because people always forget he's like eighteen, nineteen years clean now. Yeah. Work the steps over and over. His book recovery is brilliant.
2: I haven't read it, but everyone it's that's read it has said phenomenal, it's amazing. It's okay. fantastic.
0: His his conception of the twelve steps is is amazing.
2: Maybe I'll give it a go. And... Yeah,
0: and he is really articulate. I mean, put aside his more colorful the more colorful aspects of his personality. He he is very articulate, very intelligent, and um, and yeah, I've I've listened. I've got the audio book. Obviously, on on my uh, yeah, yeah. Audible app, I've li- I can't I, I lost count of the amount of times I've listened to that book all the way through. Really, you'd love it as well. I'm surprised you haven't
2: listened to it. I'll miss, maybe I'll listen to the audio. Do you know what it is? What there's yeah. something and uh, it's funny because in my head I've got people's judgments of him. Mm. I really like him. I listen to I subscribe to his um, mm. podcast. Mm. People. being a bonnet about the fact that he uses words that may or may not be in the right context a lot of the time and that's the reason they don't listen to him and um, I listen to him because I move past that because I'm spiritual AF and I listen (laughs) to the message that he's trying to convey and the people he gets on Mm. however when there's a he loves to put himself on the cover of things. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I haven't read his books, which yeah, is pathetic, yeah, 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 really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, yeah. But I'm sure it'd be Russell good. if
0: you're listening. We'll get him on. But we'll get- <laughs> Russell, if you're if you're listening, um, stop putting yourself on the cover of your own books, you arrogant prick. <laughs> Do I actually emailed um, Russell? Like Russell Brand's got like an email thing on oh, his yeah. website. It's like, oh, if you want to ask Russell a question, email him. And in the pandemic, I emailed him to ask him to do a share at the Sunday night meeting. To do like no a way, share. and um, and I was like, he's 100% gonna respond, and uh, like his his PA responded to me. He's like, Russell gets lots of requests, so uh, you know, unfortunately, he, he may not see this email. So uh, you know, I'm sorry, we can't. And I wanted to be like and be like, fucking changed, don't you, mate? <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Man of the people, fuck you. Man of the people. Come share at my meeting, you prick. <laughs> I feel like we were quite, um, we were quite PG at the start of this, not much aggression. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's just amped up. Yeah. I think a good thing to, for me to do, which would be quite enjoyable, is to do like a parental advisory. Yeah, it'd be a good to start. But yeah. my uh, girlfriend, who I always delay in saying, yeah, yeah. who listened to the, the last one, she and thought it you. was hilarious really? that we uh, were slating how unspiritual she is. And she was like, yeah. that's not true. Is she, she's, what, she thinks she's spiritual? I,
0: I would take your word for it. I've never met her. I have no idea if she's spiritual or not. She, uh,
2: I think she's more than she realizes. Is she? Interesting. Yeah.
0: If you're listening, which I think you are, you're more spiritual than you
2: realize. She's a pretty grounded person. There you go. I'm just getting my. why if I never met you either as well? That's rude. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, where was I going with this? Yeah, so what we spoke about was I was getting concerned that we're swearing too much and then that, that would have an impact on the the way we were trying to portray our journeys to becoming woke as. Uh, that's a joke, by the way. Um, and she kindly reminded us that we're talking about doing drugs. Yeah, yeah. So we can say what we want, really. Yeah,
0: I mean, I did talk about smoking crack with a lot of homeless people in the last one. So I think I think we can Yeah. We can speak from the gutter also.
2: Speak from the gutterals. Um so yeah. Crack on. Yeah. Um, but not literally not liter- by doing not crack. literal crack, yeah. Anyways, so um we've got this has gone quickly. We've got like twenty minutes left, roughly, so I'm going to get back onto my little uh, spiritual to where i'm at today basically so as my journey continued through the four years of recovery and having a little bit of practice with meditation but not really being religious or what spiritual what what i understood to be spiritual now i believe i somewhat am but what has changed is maybe a year ago i was like i'm 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 on a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and and i'd say it to people that i didn't know i'm like yeah i'm really spiritual and on dating apps, yeah, yeah, yeah. put spiritual. There. I don't put that. But now I don't do that. Number one, because I'm not on dating apps. Yeah. Uh, you got a girlfriend. Yeah, because I got a girlfriend. Who is listening? Uh, who is listening?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and 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 because I don't think you know, there's an ego that I have, which I've learned from engaging in listening to these speakers. Um, hmm. Uh, another person that I enjoy listening to Sam Harris as well who mm. is less um, more on the scientific approach to these things and mm. on what like the benefits of, of uh, mindfulness and meditation is. And, and I don't sort. like Sam Harris but that's another, you don't like but him that's,
0: that's another conversation altogether
2: okay that's mm-hmm. f- fair enough mm-hmm. there are two Harrises by the way but you know who Sam Harris is yeah the, uh, what you th- what's the other Harris you're talking about Rolf Harris no 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 because uh, <laughs> I don't like him either there's another Sam Harris within the mind. No, not, there's not another Sam Harris. There's another Harris that I can't remember the name of um, within the mindfulness world. Harrison Ford? No. <laughs> it's not Harrison Ford. <laughs> Has he gone into mindfulness now? Because his recent films have been shit. Because <laughs> so he doesn't care anymore because yeah. he's on a... He's on a spiritual journey. Personal journey with himself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I need the money to go to India.
0: I He doesn't need money, but okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Sorry I interrupted you, Sam Harris. Gone. So yeah, a, a collection of different people that I engage with and that I find benefit from listening to and reading the books of and they have kind of got me somewhat on a journey to believe that I don't... The Spirituality for me means today that I don't believe that there's a, a an all-powerful being that is guiding me but there is certain journey that I need to be on so that I stay on a path that brings me for the most part, a significant amount of joy in my life
1: mm. and
2: when i don 't follow those things, when i don 't mm. engage in listening to people that or reading things or whatever it is, working the program uh, reading uh, you know i I have at least one book on the go that is somewhat connected to this journey. Mm. the current one i 'm reading is called the path i 've only just started it, but it is looking at ancient chinese philosophies and how you can benefit from them in your life day to day it's a lot more seems like it's getting an intermediate uh self-help books now it's more like philosophy rather than stay in the moment and you're good to go it's more like let's look at these practices from history and how they've developed people over time and how you can develop from it a bit heavy but i'm gonna get there um but that that for me is what spirituality means today so i'm i'm not religious i don't believe i don't go to church but i do believe that if i actively engage in a in a, a path that that is good for me then the amount of anxiety i have the the levels of of you know because i do have phases of depression that happens a lot less now i can think of maybe once or once or twice last year, where I felt seriously depressed, and out of the whole year, they weren't that long. That they, you know, they weren't big phases. They were maybe a week or two, and I think everyone experienced that anyway last year. So yeah, that for me is if I don't do those things, then life completely and quickly changes to becoming a lot more erratic and a lot more out of control, and I just I I forget all these things so quickly. And I call people up and I'm like, why is this happening? And then are like, have you been doing this? Have you been doing that? When was the last time you did this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're right. Mm. And my ego battles against that so, so much. Um, thank you, Eckhart Tolle, for explaining what the ego is. Thanks. You can thank him in person when we get him on. When he comes on for three back to back episodes. When he's coming on. Yeah. The Eckhart Tolle Hour. The Eckhart Tolle three hours. Three hours of, three hours
0: Eckhart, of Eckhart. Yeah. To-
2: the Eckhart Trilogy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, hopefully that summarizes my, you know, we have very different experiences of, you have like a, like a, a development of it through your lifetime into the the worlds of Zen Buddhism and so on. Yeah. And I do find that quite interesting. And I think at some point that will be part of my journey too. yeah, it's definitely like looking into Buddhism. Mm. Um, there is, I'd, yeah. I've
0: tried to stop being... I've tried to stop doing meditation. You're addicted. Yeah. I've, t- and I've, just, I've tried because I think I've tried different spiritual paths, if you will, um, since I've been in recovery. I tried going to church for a bit. Um, I tried getting on board with the whole Jesus tribe because they seem to be ever so happy. Yeah. Um, and I've tried a few times like, and I'd like going to church. I, I find it a nice communal mm-hmm. experience nowadays. It's, it's a great laugh. Like you go, I <laughs> sing. Um, I like praying, so I like praying when I'm in church and I feel something when I pray, um, when I'm there and, and I like and I enjoy that aspect of it, but you know, I I just can't suspend my disbelief enough to get on board with it completely. Because it's one of those things where like I said earlier, you have to you know, they if you if you're if you're a Christian, to be a Christian you have to believe uh, in two things. You have to believe Jesus was the son of God and you have to believe that he died and that he rose from the dead. That he died for our sins and he rose from the dead. So you have to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. That is 100% a thing. And I, I've i never been able to get on board with that idea. Um, and I, I think the evidence for that is flimsy. And also I don't think there's necessarily anything special about Christianity in the same way that they try and make out that the idea that, um, you know, grace, this idea of forgiveness for our sins, which stems from the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I d- that's not an idea, like Christians try and make out that is a, an idea special to Christianity. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I struggle with that. But I do, I, again, like I was saying at the start of this podcast, the element, Christianity works and it works for lots of people. I see lots of people that it works for, um, mm-hmm. but I've not been able to ally with it. And you know, I've tried you know various different things, but I've tried not practicing Zen meditation, and I just and my life just gets shitter.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so and I've I've tried other types of meditation practice that with varying degrees of success. um I've tried not doing it. I've you know I've tried, like I said, going to church, praying, and stuff like that. And I always return to the, the Zen practice, which just feels like my practice now. It just feels like the thing that best connects me to whatever my conception of a higher power is. And it's funny because when I remember in early recovery, when I was like thinking about coming up with this, what my understanding of a higher power was, I thought I had to create it. Um, And then I've, I've realized, and I've only really realized this recently through going through some stuff with it, that my conception of a higher power isn't really up to me, if that makes sense.
2: That makes sense.
0: So it's not, it's there. I know it's there. And my role is to connect to it. Yeah, What it is, is immaterial almost. I, yeah. I know, like, I, I heard someone, I did a really good phrase that I need to remember now. Someone, I read something the other day where, um, so they weren't talking about God or higher power, but they said, I believe there is an unseen order to things. And I um, believe in that unseen order to be intrinsically good. And I try my best to connect to that unseen order. And I think that that basically summarizes my conception of a higher power. I think I do believe there is an unseen order to things, um, and you know that that's almost that sounds like a bit like karma, like the the rule of the universe all that kind of stuff. I guess it does in a sense, but perhaps in a less simplistic way. But I do believe that there is an unseen order to things, mm. and I do believe I can connect to that unseen order. And when I do, my life goes much more smoothly. And I think that that is my practical semi-spiritual conception of a higher power. Like I believe it's there, but I believe that I shout it down with my mind and my distract and being distracted all the time. Do you believe in the law of attraction? No, I think that's fucking nonsense. No, I don't. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) true. That, that isn't true. Um, I, I, do I believe in it or not? I think, I think there's probably, there probably is some truth in it. Um, but the issue I have with it is that it, first of all, you can never prove it. It's impossible to prove because it's so subjective. Second of all, it can't, from my perspective, if you experimented in the sense of you said to every, say there is one of something, right? So let's say there's, uh, there's one red bike that everyone like, let say there's a red bike, for example. Yeah. yeah. And, you go to 1,000 people, you get a sample of 1,000 people, you say, I want all of you to attract, like to use the law of attraction to get that bike. Not everyone, 999 people can't have that bike. So what happens in that scenario where it, like, I, it, I just don't think that for you to have something, somebody has to lose something else. Yeah. That's, that is how it works. And also I think that probably the better question for the law of attraction, which people never ask is, do I know what's good for me? Does the thing I want, is that going to be good for me?
2: Aha. So a funny thing that happened when I asked that question, I thought that you might throw a curveball question back at me and realize that I'm actually not as well equipped as I thought I would be to respond with a super intellectual, (laughs) uh, continuation of the, of the of the topic however go on do do i know what's right for me yeah for me even though i'm not a strong believer of the law of attraction but there are things that i'm open to that kind of make sense to me yeah. for my journey i i do believe that if i if i if i believe i want something if i believe in a path and i feel like that it if I'm speaking completely bluntly, I believe I'm going to get that.
1: Mm.
2: Following what you just said, and this is the actual belief of what I have, Mm. which connects to the law of attraction for me, what I'll be shown is actually what I need. Oh, okay. And that for me is the law of attraction, Mm. is I will be shown by something, whether it's a higher power or not, Mm. the actual thing that I want. Mm. And and for the last, and this is a whole new topic in general, Mm. and we don't have enough time to go into it, um I was just saying, we just opened up the we just boiled the kettle on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> the last two years, three years, which you know of my life, I've been struggling with the like the the, the relationship and the love the love and addiction kind of things. Mm,
0: remember your girlfriend's listening.
2: She knows. <laughs> Good. Um and within that I was like, oh you know, <laughs> So many different angles and beliefs and, and ups and downs of that and behavior. Oh, I was, I
0: was there. I remember. You were there. Yeah. I was there for the whole thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. And every single time something might happen, I might meet someone and be like, this is it. Mm. This is it. It would go, you know, another letdown would happen or another like steep learning curve would happen. Mm. And I'll be like, this isn't what I want. This isn't my, you know, mm. and this is why I no longer try and manifest things because... Mm. That was, I feel, I feel like manifestations cause quite a lot of pain. Mm. In, for me, anyway, not for other people. Other people, mm. they thrive off manifestations and, and they wake up every day and I'm like, they're like, I'm going to rub my hands in the earth and I'm going to be at one earth, I'm going to manifest a positive day from the oh, earth. Such fucking bullshit. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments here. So, you know, I would, I would say what I want is a healthy relationship. And every time i try and pursue it and it would be that kind of law of attraction, this is going to happen. And a half, I think this is a part of Good Vibes, Good Life, the book. He's mm. very much like, if you believe in it enough, it will come to you and that yeah, kind of Yeah, and thing. I hate that. Yeah.
0: It's not what that is that pisses me yeah. off about that. That's just modern faith healing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's so poisonous because you tell someone, if you believe this enough, it will happen. So, yeah. you know, tell a, tell a fucking woman with, uh, type one diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you believe this enough, you'll be cured of your type one diabetes. Yeah. If you if you have enough faith, God will heal you with diabetes. That's basically what the law of attraction yeah. says. Because the, the the classic excuse they'll give you if you can't do the law, if you're not getting the thing you want, is oh you don't believe it enough, or you don't allow it, or or whatever the the nonsense is. Which is just yeah. it's just a modern way of saying you don't have enough faith, therefore you have failed God, which is a poisonous message to give people.
2: Definitely. And I, and I, yeah, and, and I, and I hear that so often, as a slap down to that approach. When people are like, "Well, what about you know, mm. my uncle that had this, this, and that is not coming back? What about you know, my partner?" Blah 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 mm. blah. And um, so, so I, yeah, I do not connect with that, but I do say to people, and I think people get annoyed when I do this. Mm. When someone's, you know, and I said this to myself mm. when I was getting these kind of failing, th- these kind of continuous um, events of disappointment within my two years of trying to pursue this idea of what I believe the relationship to be, something that I wanted, something to feel enough or not to feel lonely and all these things. And I'm like, if I believe in it enough, the law of attraction will get me that person. And each time i get more and more hurt and more and more self-doubtful and so on. But then I kept learning more about myself Mm. without wanting to. And then this kind of strength would keep developing and this sense of self-belief and Mm. love for myself. Because ultimately I didn't love myself, Mm. but I developed love through that pursuit of trying to develop the law of attraction. And actually... What the thing I wanted was, yeah. was to love myself. Yeah. So if, if we're going on a slightly off angle, you do get what you want.
1: Mm.
2: But not, not, you know, uh, someone to fall from the sky.
1: Mm.
2: And when I stopped wanting, when I stopped looking for it, that's mm. <laughs> what everyone says, when you stop looking, it appears. Mm. But now I'm in shock that someone wants to go out with me.
0: Mm, me too pal
2: yeah it's (laughs) mental but anyway that's
0: a joke by the way you're a lovely human being and i've I've said this to you for a long long time thank you Mm.
2: that's kind that's right (laughs) so i guess it's it's an interesting one because i kind of i feel like you're gonna have to go i I feel like if any anyone can benefit from going on a journey of pursuit of something they think will be be what they want Mm. as long as they're willing to to put up with the amount of challenge that it mm. can take to get there.
0: Mm. I mean, to, for, just so you, just so you know, um, cause I want you to know this, uh, <laughs> the, for me, that story you've just told about, um, law of attraction, getting to what you want. has nothing to do with the law of attraction.
2: I got it wrong. Huh? I got it wrong. No, you didn't get it wrong.
0: But I just, I think that the reason you, you've reached the place you reached to is through action is through taking action, if you'd sat in your room and tried to, you know, sat in your bedroom and for two years and tried to attract people into your life or whatever, nothing would have happened. But you actually went out there and took action and learnt from whatever these actions were that you were taking this pursuit. I think that's separate to the idea of law of attraction. I think the the most quite important a lot of people say
2: the, that as well. I think mm-hmm. I the, think the your the willingness to take
0: action is important, much more important.
2: Hmm. Well, there you have it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think I think we can go on forever about various different angles. all could, yeah. You know, sub things that you... Because this is all part of stuff I've read or people that have their various ways of shouting, if you do this, you will be mm. living happily ever after. Yeah. And it's not as simple as that. Life doesn't just hand you everything you want just because you ask for it mm. um so yeah i kind of forget i I've, personally i forget to give myself credit for taking action um but that is another part of the spiritual <laughs> it's like i guess maybe you know maybe
0: they're two parts of the same coin is having that like you know that that old saying of faith without action um is is me i can't i don't know if that's the saying faith without action is meaningless i remember there's so i heard someone in i think they said this in a meeting once but they said uh it's like an old saying which is um uh from i don't know from the from africa or something like that which is believe in god but make sure you tie up your camel <laughs> which is the idea of but I believe in god but don't be stupid tie your fucking camel up yeah which i which i think is a really good really good kind of uh practical way to look at it is that is having that sense i mean buddhists would say that um there's a there's a buddhist writer quite a famous zen buddhist writer called dogan and uh, he writes about having deep belief in cause and effect okay deep belief deep belief <laughs> in cause and effect like gen but that that is emphasizing right is that it's not just belief in cause and effect because most people have belief in cause and effect or karma or whatever you want to call it is like the idea that your action will produce a reaction or a result or something like that and yeah. and it is never ending that like cause and effect is never ending and you can influence that by taking you know i guess taking the right action at the right time in order to kind of work with that law of cause and effect um but it talks about like really fully deeply understanding because i think we all think we can get away with shit. Yeah, yeah. Like we we i do it all the time. I think i can get away with something, and i've never got away with anything. Um and it talks about that having that deep deep belief that really you can you have to take responsibility for every single thing you do.
2: And that's that you know connects to being ultimately honest yeah. with everything that you do around around if you, you know. I can't, I do tell why lies. Mm. And I do. There, Yeah, it's a difficult one. That's Maybe that could be the next episode. Concept of honesty. I love that.
0: Love talking about honesty.
2: I love honestly talking about honesty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If that doesn't throw people off, then yeah. oh, these, these bloody hippies.
0: Yeah. You know? Because that's, that's honestly what we're going to do in the next podcast. We're going to discuss honesty.
2: Are you just going to say the word honest over and over again and honestly?
0: Honestly, Dan? That is honestly what I'm gonna
2: do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I think we'll wrap it up there because we've been talking for longer than the time. The allotted hour that we gave you. The allotted hour. But um, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. If you have been listening, uh, as same as last episode, we'll we'll probably maybe just in the bio of this, there are links to uh, websites and groups and charities that we believe might be beneficial to anyone that has some form of addiction that they're struggling with whatever that might be some sort of self-doubt or issues with the way they see themselves and also just general mental health stuff that Mm. we think might benefit you even though this is called totally not addicted to drugs Mm. that is just because we're not Mm. but we could fair place for us Fair play to us.
0: Um, do you want, I, I know the suggestion, you might want to put a list of the books we mentioned if anyone wants to read them.
2: I'm going to put a list of the books that I've mentioned mm. uh, and you've mentioned. Mm. Um, People might want to read them, you know? Yeah. They might want to be more like us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, but then they might... No, 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 we'll do that. No buts. <laughs> no buts. No buts here. Mm. Just honesty. Just honesty. <laughs> Thank you for listening and catch you in the next episode in it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Bye.